Good evening and welcome back to our Monday evening share. It's been a while since we've been back together. It's a shame it still has to be on Zoom. It'd be nice to get back in person or we should get there eventually. But for the moment, this is where we are. We discussed at length the halachas of Hilchas Brochus in the previous year, maybe even a bit longer, I don't remember. And though we've almost finished, there's still a, one or two small subjects, areas that we didn't cover. I would like to digress now and discuss the halachas of Hilchas Shvius, which is the year that we find ourselves in at the moment, the wonderful year of, Sh- of Shmitah. Tovshin Pei Base is a Shmitah year. And I would like to go over the halachas that we discussed seven years ago in Tovshin Ayin Hei the halachas of Shmita, which we discussed then, and we'll go through them again now, and the halachas which are relevant to us here in Chutzlaretz, here in northwest London, what's relevant and what's not relevant, and we will try and cover as much ground as we can. As a background to Hilchas Shviz, to the Hilchas Shmita, there's three pashas in the Torah, three times, where the Torah discusses the halachas of Shmita. One is in Pashas Mishpatim, one is in Pashas Baha, and once in Pashas Re'ei. But each time the Torah discusses a different aspect of Hilchah Shmita. In Pashas Mishpatim, the Torah just commands us to leave and not work on the ground. Leave all our, not sorry, not, not to work, just to leave all the produce that grows in Shvius, to leave it for the poor people and leave it for the wild animals, not to harvest it and not to Gather it into your home for yourself. And that's the halachas which is discussed in Pashas Mishpatim. In Pashas Baha, the Torah tells us the halachas of working on the ground. What type of work can be done and can't be done on the ground. And in Pashas Re'eh, the Torah gives us the relevant halachas to what's known as Shmitas Kasafim, what's relevant to monetary issues of Shmita. Loans, which Shmita will remove, the obligation to be repaid, then the, the Torah discusses the halachas of Shmitas Ksofim in Pashas Re'eh. Whether Shmitah today is a chi of Min HaToyah, is it biblically commanded or only rabbinically commanded, is a huge machlekes in the Gemara. Do we say nowadays, since we don't have Kalad Yisrael living in Eretz Yisrael, or perhaps discussion in the Rishonim, or perhaps since Kalad Yisrael didn't come back as a unit, as a, as a majority of Kalisol in the time of Ezra, when Ezra took Kalisol back up to Exesol, since we didn't come back as a roiv of a majority of Kalisol then, therefore, from then on, there is no Yoival, and since there's no Yoival, there is no Shmita, Min HaToyra, and all the halachas that we're going to discuss are only rabbinical. Or do we pass him at the Mandama and the Gemara who says that Despite the fact that it wasn't a majority of Klal Yisrael that returned, or there isn't a majority of Klal Yisrael that lives in Eretz Yisrael today, Shmita today is still a biblically commanded obligation upon all of us. And that seems to be a huge machlek is how we paskin. The Rambam is, is not quite so clear. It does seem to indicate that he paskins that Shmita, Shmita today is Minhatoya. The Rosh clearly says Shmita today is Minhatoya, but it's not so black and white in the Rambam. But most other Rishonim, Take on the Shemitah today is only Drabonon. And therefore, Lahalocha, though there is definitely room to be 
worried about the opinions that is the racer. Well, the halacha we take on, and that's how the Chaznish and Rav Kook and most of the other Gedolei Aposkim who spent their time with regards to Hilchus Shmita agree that the halacha we accept it to be only a rabbinically command, commanded uh, chiv, and therefore the element of Suffolk will always be Suffolk Drabon and Lekula, and we look at it only as a Drabon and not as a Deraisa. Can it ever be a Deraisa? Can it ever be a Deraisa? That would depend on why it's only Drabon. A few moments ago, we explained that there's two approaches to why it may only be a Drabon and not a Deraisa. One is because we don't presently have Roiv Klalisol living in Etisrol, and the other is because the Kalisol didn't come up as a single unit, as a, as a complete Kalisol in the time of Ezra. If the reasoning why it's a Drabonon is because in the time of Ezra we didn't come up as a unit of Kalisol, then today it'll always remain a Drabonon until B.S. HaMashiach. If, however, it's because we don't have a majority of Kalisol living here in, living in Yisrael, well, we're not there yet, but we're definitely close to that. Whether we will ever get there is up to the Rebbeinu Shalom. But if it would transpire that the majority of Klalisol, the majority of the Jews in the world are living in Eretz Yisrael, it could then change the very status of Chiyuvim of Shmita and other mitzvahs at Luis Baruch in Eretz Yisrael. And we could end up with a situation where Shmita becomes biblically commanded, not rabbinically commanded. I think it's going to be very difficult to know exactly when we have a majority of Jews in Eretz Yisrael because we, we, we take a census, but our census is not completely... It doesn't cover everything. There's so many people out there who are Jews who don't even know that they're Jewish, living with Jewish, born from Jewish mothers, Holocaust survivors, women who, who had children, don't even know they're Jewish themselves. So there's thousands, tens of thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands, perhaps even more, I have no idea, of Jews who have no knowledge of them being Jews. So exactly to be able to work out when there's a majority of Jews in their soul is going to be slightly difficult. But technically speaking, it's a possibility. And if it's a possibility, then we could in theory, end up in a situation where Schmitter could be a derisa, not a drabonon, which will therefore change the stakes and the way one has to approach the the different scenarios and different situations of Schmitter. But for the moment, Schmitter is still only a drabonon. What's very interesting about Schmitter, and I want to share this with you, though we did discuss about this seven years ago, what, what's very interesting with Schmitter is there's a, a, a very clear, a very clear comparison between Shabbos and Shemitah in the Torah, and a very clear comparison in the wording of the Torah between Shabbos and Shemitah, and a very interesting comparison in the wording of the Torah from Adam Horishan in Gan Eden to Shemitah today. The wording the Torah uses has very similar connotations in, in both of those comparisons. So I'm going to read you out the Posuk in Shabbos, which is in Shemais. And then we'll read out the passing in Vayikra Chafei, and you'll see that the wording of the Torah is extremely close, very, very similar. The passing in Shabbos is, Six days you should work, and you should do all your all the work that you need to do. And on the seventh day, you should be Shabbos to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Don't do any, any Melacha, you, your son, your daughter, your servant, your maidservant, not your animals, and not the stranger that is with you in your gates. Key. 
if you're looking by Yikra Chafei, I'll read you out the Psukim, and then we'll go back and we'll, we'll see the correlation between the two. Shmita says, Shei Shonim Tizra Sodecho, Bo'asafto Estru Oso, Ubashona Hashri is Shabbos Shabbos and Yiel Oretz Shabbos Lashem, then Sotcho Lois Sizra, Bachamcho Lois Sizmoy, Bohoiso, Shabbos Oretz, Lochem, Loachlo, Locho, Ulavdho, Vlamosecho, Vlishecho, Luteshovcho, Hadormimoch, Vlebehemtho Vlachayo, Ashabatsecho, and then Kili, Horitz. So Shabbos it says, Sheish is Yom Tabuid, by Schmidt it says, Sheish Yom Tizra, so Decho. Then it says, Shabbos, Vasisikom Lachdecho, by Schmidt it says, Vasafte Tvorso. Then by Shabbos it says, Vyemashri, Shabbos Lashemelekecho, by Schmidt it says, Vashonashri, Shabbos Shabbosin, Yelorit, Shabbos Lashem. Very similar wording. Loisasabe Melacho by Shabbos, Sotcholis Israel, Hamcholis Israel. So by Shmita we have And then Shabbos finishes off with The world belongs to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. In Shmita, Kili Kol Haaretz. A very very similar wording. That that comparison we can understand simply because in as much as there's a Shabbos every week. Every seventh day of the week, equally, there's a Shabbos every seventh year. And that's the, the identical Shabbos which we have on a, on a, on a week. The land has a Shabbos every seventh, every seventh, every seven years. And that's why the wording is very similar. But what's more interesting is the wording in the Posig Embracious of Adam in Gan Eden to the wording that we find by Shmita. The wording in Bereshis, it says, Vayemelekim, Kashmoku said, Hine nosati lochem, he's talking to Adam Arishin. Hine nosati lochem, es kol esev zera zereya. Ves kol eitz, asheboi pre eitz, zereya zera, lochem yeh lochlo. And the post carries on, lochol chayas oretz, to all the wild animals of the land, lochol oif hashemayim, lochol remes al oretz, asheboi nefesh chayo, es kol yerek esev lochlo. For them it's been given to eat. Shmita, we have Vahisa Shabbos Oretz, Lochem Loachlo, Lachol Avdhol Amasech of the Schichol, the Shokha Dormimov, Lavhem Tchavlachaya Shebatsech of Tia Kotvosalechod. So the same permission which has been given to Odomerishan when he's in Ganadan to partake of the fruits of the trees in Ganadan and to allow the animals to partake of the fruits of the trees and of the vegetables, etc., that grow. So we have very similar terminology. In the year of Shemitah, allowing us Shabbos Oris Lachem Laachlo Lacho Olavdecho. There's there it says Hinin Asatu Lachem Es Kolais Vasode Lachem Yel Laachlo. Very similar wording. And then Lachol Chayes Oritz there by other mission. Here we have Lobehem Tchav Lachayo Asher Baatzecho. Similar wording. Tia Kol Tvos Lechem by Shemitah. There it's it's the pasuk finishes off Laachlo is been given to you to eat. And we see very clearly that the year of Shemitah is is. A year, the biblical Shemitah at least, the Shemitah when it's fulfilled, Minatoya, is a year which is meant to emulate the level of Odomerishan in, in Gan Eden. It's not just a year of Chasvishalom to be looked at as, as a bother and a struggle on the contrary. It's a year when we are able to allow the land to rest. And even if it's only rabbinically commanded today, but it's set into motion a Shemitah which will have the same parameters and the same connotations as the Shemitah Deraisa. And therefore, we're now in a year 
where the land in Eretz Yisrael, which is the source of everything and every bracha that we have in, in the world, comes from the land of Eretz Yisrael. And therefore the land in Eretz Yisrael is Shabbos Shabboson, it's now been elevated to a state of Odom Rishon Kodom Achet, to the place of Odom Rishon in Gan Eden. The land of Eretz Yisrael has been elevated to a state of Gan Eden. And to, therefore, our relationship with Shemitah is in fact enabling us to relate and live at some level, at, with some connection to and that's a wonderful thing. If we realize that, yes, there may be some hardships for us in trying to keep the halachas of Shemitah, but by doing that, we are connecting to, not just to Shabbos, which is a, itself a wonderful thing, but we're connecting to beyond, to other Mauritian in Gan Eden, is giving us some level of Gan Eden in, in our lives, then the hardships become fall apart and they become a pleasure rather than a difficulty. And that's really what I would like to share with you before we start Hilchah Shemitah. Because Hilchah Shemitah may cause inconveniences in our lives. And some of them may be quite difficult inconveniences. But they're inconveniences, but they're not inconveniences. They're really a beauty, a beautiful ability to connect to Kedushas Aretz, to connect to Kedushas Shemitah, and to connect to, to Gan Eden in, in, real, in real terms. <clears throat> How much of Schmidt is relevant to us in Chutzlaritz? How much of Schmidt is relevant to us in Chutzlaritz? Here in Chutzlaritz, there's no Kedusha to the land. On the contrary, in, in Chutzlaritz, we have what's known as Eretz Tumas Amimim. There's an uncleanliness to, to the atmosphere in Chutzlaritz. Eretz is Rolich Kadosh. It has a Kedusha to it. Chutzlaritz not just doesn't have a Kedusha, it has negative energy to it. So how much of Kedusha Shviz is actually relevant to us? And what's really relevant to us is how much of Eretz Yisrael is going to come here into Chutzlaritz. Paris of Eretz Yisrael which come to Chutzlaritz, they have Kedusha Shviz. Are we allowed to eat them or are we not allowed to eat them? Are we allowed to buy them or are we not allowed to buy them? Are there any special ways that these Paris have to be treated? What happens to the money of those those Paris? What types of fruits and, you, and vegetables will have Kedusha Shriyas. Will all fruits and vegetables have Kedusha Shriyas? If there's Kedusha Shriyas on non-vegetable items, such as flowers, etc., and there are certain flowers which come only from Eretz There's three types of flowers in England that only ever come from Eretz Um The halachas of Esrig, Lulav, etc. These are relevant to us here, even the Chutzlaritz. There's somebody who owns an apartment in Eretz and an apartment can be an apartment with a garden or without a garden, but you may just have some potted plants around, then the halachas of Shriyas will be a little bit more complex and be more relevant to that person. How much can they work in the garden? How much can't they work in the garden? What happens to potted plants? Do they have Kedusha Shriyas? Do they not have Kedusha Shriyas? And et cetera, et cetera. Understandably, if you own a piece of land which is being worked on and planted and, and things are growing, then the halachas of Shriyas is going to become even more relevant. A farmer in Eretz Yisrael has the abundance of the halachas of Shriyas are going to be relevant to him. And therefore, we need to understand the different types of fruits and vegetables. We need to understand different types of flowers, and the different works and, and etc., which are relevant to us here in Chutzlaritz. We're not going to spend time in discussing the halachas of farming, because I don't think many of us are farmers in Eretz Yisrael. It may be very nice if we were, but we're not at the moment. And therefore, that element of Shemitah, I think Shviz, will, we won't discuss at length. We might touch upon them, but we won't discuss it at length. But we will spend time on understanding what's relevant to us. There's other things which we need to get clarity on in order for us to understand the parameters of Hilcha Shviz. There's many different types of, now I don't mean types in, 
in species of fruit and vegetables, but different different types of sources of fruits and vegetables. And I'll explain what I mean by that. You can have fruits and vegetables grown in Etisrael. You can have fruits and vegetables grown in Etisrael, but it's grown in land which belongs to a non-Jew and it's worked by a non-Jew. That's what we call Yibul Nochri, produced by non-Jews. Does that have Kedusha Shviz? Does it not have Kedusha Shviz? Do we say everything that's grown in Eretz Yisrael has Kedusha Shviz, irrelevant of who the owner of the land is? Or do we say no, the land owned by non-Jew, produced, grown in that land, will not carry with it Kedusha Shviz? Then we have a, a concept of what's known as Oitzah Beistin. Oitzah Beistin is where land belonging to a Jew, worked on by Jews. But what happens here is the owner of the land doesn't work on the land. It's Beistin, takes over the land, sends their mysteries into the land to work on it and look after the fruit. They take the fruit and distribute it to all those who need food on the year of Shemitah. That's known as Paris Oitzah Beistin. So we need to understand the concept of Oitzah Beistin, what it is, how it works, and what level of Kedusha the fruits have when it's Oitzah Beistin. Then we have something which is known as Heta Mechira, selling Jewish land to a non-Jew, but is being worked on by Jews. Do we allow that sale to be a real sale? Do we consider it a real sale? Or do we consider it to be a sort of a get-out, and it's not real? The fact that Jews are working on their land, does that change it or does it not change it? Then we have hydroponics. These are fruits that are grown in hydroponic beds. They're not grown on the ground in, in, in glass houses, in greenhouses. Do we consider that perishmitter? Do we not consider it perishmitter? And then we have another aspect of the, of the discussion, and that is what is really Ertzisrol? What are the boundaries and the borders of Ertzisrol? And that's, again, another discussion. How far does Ertzisrol go? Do we say down by Ilat? Is that Ertzisrol? How far up is is the, do the borders start? When does Kedusha's Etisrael actually begin? Where does Kedusha's Etisrael finish? And, and that itself is a huge, huge discussion. And therefore, it's going to be extremely relevant to understand the parameters of these different aspects of what we're calling the sourcing of fruits, where these fruits actually come from. Were they grown in Jewish land or were they not grown in Jewish land? Does it make a difference? Was it grown by Oitzah Basin or was it not grown by Oitzah Basin? Does that make a difference? Was it grown by Heta Mechir or was it not grown by Heta Mechir? Does that make a difference? And where exactly in the Etisrael was it grown? Does that make a difference too? And these are areas that we will cover throughout the coming Shurim Be'ezus Hashem. What's also relevant to us here in Chutz is to understand the timings of the fruit. When fruit gets Kedushas Shemitah or when fruit doesn't get Kedushas Shviz. There has been a list sent around. Hopefully by the time we finish today and, and the, in the coming Shurim, you'll have a little bit more understanding of what the that list and that list is actually saying to you, why some fruits have different times and different vegetables have different times. Hopefully that'll be a little bit clearer by the time we finish tonight. But that's extremely relevant to know and be aware when these fruits here in this country are Israeli, when they're not Israeli. Then we have to discuss, do I need to search the boxes to make sure that I understand where these fruits in the supermarkets are sourced? Do I not need to understand that? Can I rely on a non-Jewish greengrocer to say to me that none of my, none of their fruits or vegetables are Israeli? Can I not rely on them? What happens if I do buy inadvertently fruits and vegetables from a shop? Do I need to treat them with Kedusha Shviz? Do I not? And 
what happens to the money that I gave to in, to the shopkeeper in return for those fruits and vegetables? Is that relevant to me? Is it not relevant to me? We will discuss all that. There's one last area of Hilchah Shemitah, and that's the area in Pashas Re'ei, where the Torah discusses what's known as Shemitah's Ksofim, where if a person has a loan, a person lent money, Reuven lent money to Shimon, if Reuven lends money to Shimon and the year of Shemitah passes by prior to Shimon returning his loan, then that loan is null and void. Reuven has no right to claim the loan back from Shimon. That's a halacha, a gzeris hakosuf, and that applies today as well. So it applies to us not only in Eretz Yisrael, it applies to all of us here in Chuslaritz. So if somebody has lent money to a friend, which is a, a very wonderful thing to do, and you must lend, and you're not allowed to say, I'm not going to lend because I'm worried that Schmidt is going to remove the obligation of the borrower for, to repay, you must lend. It's a love in the territory to say, I'm not going to lend because I'm worried about Schmidt. But we need to understand how that's relevant to us and what we can do to circumvent the tires. Uh, 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 when the Torah abolishes the loan, how we can circumvent that to retain my right to be able to claim. And that's what's known as Shemitah's Ksofim, and we will discuss that later on in the Shurim. So let's begin to understand the background to Kedusha Shvi's and how Kedusha Shvi's manifests itself, which areas it manifests itself, because Kedusha Shvi's does not carry the same Boundaries and the same the same parameters as some of the other kedushas that we have in in in, in fruits and vegetables and foods uh, elsewhere in the in the Torah. The pasuk tells us, "Ki yoyvel hi kodesh tielochem min asode toichlo estuasa." So kodesh tielochem. <coughs> so the Torah clearly tells us that. Shvis, the fruits and, and vegetables and anything grown in Shvis is called Kodesh. It has an element of holiness of Kedusha attached to it. And the Yishalmi adds a very interesting aspect to this Kodesh Tia Lochem. And the Yishalmi says, the Keshem Shekodeshi Lochem Kach Oichleho Kodesh. Eating fruits of Shmita brings Kedusha to a person. Oichleho Kodesh. Now, this Kedusha of Shmita is different to the Kedusha, for example, of Truma and Maisa, etc. Hegdash. Truma is forbidden to eat. It's forbidden to be eaten by the average man in Kedusha, or not to be eaten by a Jew, by a coin. Truma can't be eaten in an unclean state. Whereas when it comes to fruits which were grown in Shmita in Etzisrael, in Shvius, they have a Kedusha, but they can be eaten by anybody. It doesn't have to be a Kohen or a Levi. It can be any member of Kalisrol, male or female. And though it has Kedusha, can also be eaten in an unclean state. Therefore, nowadays, despite the fact that we are all considered Tommy, Tommy Mace, we all have an element of uncleanliness to us, spiritual uncleanliness. We're allowed to partake of fruits of Shriyas. There's no problem with that at all. Because the Kedusha of Shriyas is a lesser Kedusha to some respect, than the Kedusha of Truma and Hektish, etc. On the other hand, we find a stringency in the Kedusha of Shvius that we don't find in Truma and Hektish, etc. Shvius can't be redeemed. There's no way you can redeem the Kedusha of Shvius. You can redeem sometimes the Kedusha of Hektish, sometimes you can redeem the Kedusha of some of the other Kedushas that we have, but Hektish can't be, but Schmitter can't be redeemed at all. Once a fruit or vegetable, a piece of food has 
acquired Kedusha Shvis through the process of growing or what else it may be, as we'll see in a moment, it retains that Kedusha forever. And it's now considered Kaddish and will always remain Kaddish. There's nothing you can do to remove or transfer or reduce that Kedusha on that fruit. Not only that, Not only that, the Kedusha of Shvi'is is actually quite contagious. If you buy with your money in a shop a fruit which is Shvi'is, then the money, since the money has been a transfer of, for, I should say, it's been bartered for this fruit, then automatically the Kedusha Shvi'is on the fruit transfers itself, doesn't transfer itself, it extends itself to the money too. You now end up with the fruit being Kedusha Shviz and that money being Kedusha Shviz. And this can go on for, uh, forever, I don't item. You then go and take that money out of the till, that money's yours, you go and buy another piece of fruit with that money without realizing it's Kedusha Shviz on it, that money. Then the fruit that you bought, maybe a, a, a Parkway cake or Coca cake or Kedusha's cake or whatever it may be, and you went and bought that with this money, which is Shviz money, then that cake will now have Kedusha Shviz on it. If you then went and swapped that cake for a piece of meat, that would have Kedusha Shviz on it, and this goes on forever. Whether you actually swap food for food, that we'll discuss a bit later, but money for sure. If I take money and I buy with that money a piece of meat, that piece of meat will have Kedusha Shviz if the money was money that had Shviz, Kedusha Shviz extended and transferred onto it. The Chai Adam adds another interesting aspect to Kedusha Shviz. Though we don't paskin, I shouldn't say we don't paskin, we don't normally follow the Chai Adam with regard to this halacha. And he says, if you're sitting down to eat an apple or an orange or whatever it may be, potatoes with, with Kedusha Shviz, you should wash your hands beforehand. Like you wash your hands for Hamotzi, for Matilda Sidaim, for Hamotzi, you should wash your hands. I don't know if he says you should make a bracha, but he definitely says you should wash your hands. There's a chi of netila because you're about to sit down and eat something which is kaddish. Most possibly disagree with that, but it just brings out the the angle of kedusha that we have here. We're talking about real kedusha, something which is kaddish, non-transferable, very much extendable, and according to the chayyadim, needs preparation before you can actually eat it. Is there a direct mitzvah to eat kedusha shvius? That's a machlekes whether there is such a concept as a mitzvah to eat Kedusha Shvies or not. There are Achreinim, for example, a sefer called Megillas Esther, which is a sefer written on the sefer mitzvahs of the Rambam, but he wants to suggest that according to the, Ram, according to the Rambam, there is a mitzvah, maybe not a mitzvah chiyuvis, not an obligatory mitzvah, but a mitzvah chiyuvis. There's a fulfillment of a mitzvah every time you eat Peyer Shvies. However, most Achreinim, Chaznish and others, take on that there is no mitzvah whatsoever to eat Kedusha Shvi'is. But everybody agrees, and there's no question about this, whether they're in Bandam, Gerasesta, the Chazanish, of Cook, whoever it may be, who spent time focusing and trying to clarify the halachas of Shvi'is, they will all agree to you, everybody would agree clearly, that if there's a risk that you're not going to treat the, the, the fruits and the vegetables of Shvi'is in the manner that they need, to be, they need to be treated, then do not eat them. Kedusha Shviz is complicated. How to treat 
fruits and vegetables with Kedusha Shavuos is complex, as we will see as we go through the Shurim. And therefore, if a person is, is in doubt whether they're able to fulfill the, uh, the parameters of Kedusha Shavuos to its, in, to its entirety, do not eat Kedusha Shavuos, whether it's it's uh, a mitzvah or isn't a mitzvah. And therefore, it becomes a little bit incongruous. We'll go to a shop and we'll say, are these fruits from Eretz Yisrael? And they'll say, yes, of course it's from Eretz Yisrael. Then you'll say, oh, I'm sorry, I can't eat them. Here we are, somebody who believes that fruits from Eretz Yisrael have an extra dimension to them. would love to be able to partake of fruits from Eretz Yisrael, but we can't. Because rather than allowing ourselves to transgress the parameters of Shemitah, best to avoid it if one can. And therefore, we will go through the halachas to give us clarity, because we will get situations where you will end up buying inadvertently uh, fruits and vegetables from Yetzirah in the, in the supermarkets, in the greengrocers, and all the other areas of concern that might come our way, and therefore we're going to have to try and run through as much as we can the halachas over the next few next few months. The halachas of Shavis and, and Shemitah's Ksofim are going to be relevant to us. How does Kedusha Shviz, or when does Kedusha Shviz attach itself to the fruits and vegetables that are grown in Eretz Yisrael? One would imagine that the moment Shemitah, the year of Shemitah starts, comes Rosh Hashanah, Tov Shimpei base, immediately any fruits and vegetables that are attached to the ground should have Shemitah, Kedusha, Kedusha Shviz landing on them, and everything should become Shviz from then on. But yet, that's not how it works. The Chazal understood that the Kedusha doesn't start with the beginning of the year as such, but rather Kedusha Shviz will attach itself to the produce of Shviz at the time when the produce reaches what's known as crucial, a crucial stage of its development. Chazal understood that it's the point of the development of the fruit and vegetables, which is considered crucial or an important stage in its development is at that point when it reaches that milestone that Kedusha Shviz will become attached to it. Now, different fruits and vegetables will reach that milestone at different stages of its growth and with different opinions exactly when that stage is. And therefore, it becomes a little bit complex as to when Kedusha Shviz will attach itself to fruits and to vegetables. And that's what we'd like to just spend the next few moments just to begin the discussion of when do we say Kedusha Shviz applies itself to which fruits and which vegetables? Because for us, that's really the most important and the key to understanding when we have to start being careful for different fruits and vegetables that may come here and do come here periodically from Eretz So What you have to remember and realize is that there are times in the year, for example, peppers. There are times in the year where every pepper in this country will be Israeli. The, the country at a certain time in winter will be short of peppers. And then they will open up the market. They will go to the Israeli market and they will say, please send us peppers. And the Israelis will send an abundance of peppers to this country and they will be found everywhere. And the, I wouldn't, would I say all or definitely the majority of peppers that you're going to be buying will be Israeli. <coughs> the same will apply at different times of the year to different fruits and vegetables. That's besides the regular Israeli fruits and vegetables that find themselves here in, on the shelves in our supermarkets and our greengrocers. And therefore to understand when Kedusha Shviz begins to apply to the different fruits and vegetables is really crucial for our understanding of how we can approach Shviz in this country. Now Chazal tell us 
that with regards to tvua, wheat, olives, the crucial stage, what's considered the milestone, or when it becomes a a recognized fruit or grain, is a third of its growth. If a third of its growth was grown in the year of Shemitah, so if it was planted before Shemitah, and then a third, it grew a third in Shemitah, that's considered a crucial element of its growth, and then immediately Kedusha Shreyas will apply to it. The Rambam adds that all legumes, all beans, and all legumes, Rashi adds even grapes will depend on a third of its growth. So therefore in practice, all grains, legumes, olives, and grapes have Kedusha Shreyas once they reach a third of their growth, which took place during the Shemitah year. Now you can understand that Grapes and olives and grain has not yet begun to grow a third. It's we're still very early on in the year. And therefore, it's probably not relevant right now, the grapes and olives and legumes and grain that comes from Israel to have Kedusha Shreis on it. It hasn't yet grown a third. Any grain or any olives or any grapes that come from Israel now have not yet grown a third in the Shemitah year. So therefore, even though it may have grown somewhat and it may have been harvested, and picked in the Shemitah year, but it doesn't yet have Kedusha Shreis on it. Other fruits, other than grapes and olives, other fruits, the Gemara tells us that the crucial time is what's known as Chanotah. When the blossom of the fruit falls, and then you're left just with a very, very basic base of the fruit, uh, from that base, the fruit's going to begin to grow and grow and grow into a fully, fully grown fruit. Chanotah is considered the crucial time according to most opinions. Rambam says, no, he thinks if that's too early, it's not edible yet. You can't have Kedusha Shvi's on a non-edible item. And therefore he says it's only considered Kedusha Shvi's on fruits when it becomes edible. So even if we go Lechumra, the earliest that we're going to be able to apply Kedusha Shviz to fruits is when it's Nechnat, when the blossom falls off. That hasn't yet happened to most fruits. It will be relevant to what's known as winter fruits, but it's not relevant to most fruits, which are considered summer fruits. So summer fruits, the, the discussion of the Rambam and the other Rishayinu is not relevant because they, most fruits are going to go through the blossoming stage and the stage of growing to becoming edible in the same year, in Shemitah year, and therefore they're definitely going to have Shemitah when they are harvested, when they're picked, and when they're sent abroad and eaten by people like us. Where it is relevant, this machlek, is something like an avocado or kiwi, which is considered a more of a winter fruit. Well, there it's possible that the avocado and kiwi blossomed before Shemitah, but actually only became edible in the Shemitah year. And therefore, there is a possibility that we need to be stringent, a bit more stringent with avocado and kiwis, despite the fact that most fruits, you will see that the time when the fruit becomes Kedusha Shreis is much later in the year. You will see avocado and kiwi will already become relevant much earlier in the year because you've got this suffix of the Rishayim who say that those two, you have to go after the Chanata, you have to go after the Blossom. And that... Sorry, you have to go after the Rambam, who says you go after when it's when it's Roy Lachila, and it became fit to eat only in Shemitah. And if you're going to take that, that opinion into account, 
then we're going to have to be strict and not eat, or maybe eat them, but only with Kedusha Shriyas, avocados and kiwis that come into this country much earlier than many of the other fruits, which only come later on in the summer. So we have so far, we have grain, olives, grapes, and legumes, which are Kodesh with Kedusha Shriyas once they grow a third in the Shemitah year. We have fruits, which are either when they become edible, partially edible, or when the blossom falls off and the basic of the basis of the fruit is there. Then we have another category of food, and that's vegetables. Vegetables it does not depend on a stage of its growth, because vegetables are constantly growing. And that's how you can have a vegetable. Uh, a competition to see who can grow the largest vegetables. Because vegetables primarily will continue to grow. You, you feed them, you feed them, you feed them, they will continue to grow. So there's no stage in a vegetable. The Chazal understood vegetables have no stage. And therefore, Kedusha Shvis on a vegetable is considered, a vegetable is considered Kedusha Shvis the moment you pick it. So you can have a vegetable that grew primarily in the year leading up to this Rosh Hashanah that just passed. But it was only picked it was watered and continued to grow a little bit, and it was picked straight after Rosh Hashanah. That already already will have Kedusha Shvi'is, because Yerokes, vegetables, follow the Lakita. They follow the harvest and the picking. And therefore, you begin to understand that though fruits will only have Kedusha Shvi'is relevant to us and arrive in this country much, much, much later on, the end of the winter uh, to the beginning of the summer, Grapes and and and, and uh, olives and legumes, etc., will be maybe a little bit earlier. We're not sure. A little bit early, depending on on what time that when they're planted and when they grow. You may have avocados and kiwis a bit earlier than that because they're winter fruits, as we discussed. But vegetables will become relevant almost immediately after Yomtev, after Sukkot, because straight after Sukkot they're going to be harvesting the vegetables that have been growing post past Russia through Rosh Hashanah and, and, and through Yomtev, and they immediately have Kedusha Shvi'is to them. And they will then export them here to England. And if you could end up with potatoes and other vegetables which come regularly to this country and to that now today already have Kedusha Shri's. Because Kedusha Shri's on vegetables is applied at the point of harvesting, not at any time in its growth cycle. And therefore, today, Kedusha Shri's is already applicable to many vegetables. I don't have the list in front of me, but I'm sure you, you were sent it. I think it was sent out by email to the members. And if you look at that list, you'll see that vegetables are, some of those vegetables are already relevant to Kedusha Shri's at the, the stage of the year that we find ourselves in already now. There is differences between the vegetables that primarily grew in the sixth year and were only picked and harvested in the seventh year, to vegetables that grow in the seventh year, though they both have Kedusha Shvi'is, as we've discussed, there is a difference to their Kedusha, and there are some halachic relevances which are relevant to us, but I'm, we're not going to discuss that now, we'll discuss that in the, in the coming Shurim. So in effect, vegetables are going to be relevant to Shemitah from now until probably Kislev, Around our Kislev of the eighth year, which is next year. So vegetables are going to be relevant now. You have to be aware of Schmitter, which is maybe there with vegetables from now all the way through till post next Rosh Hashanah, till a year from now, till Hanukkah, Hanukkah year. Fruits, where practically we go after Hanukkah, according to most opinions. 
So there's not going to be any relevance of Shemitah for fruits for a while. Usually around Shvat, this year will be probably a bit later. Um, you may have uh, some... Almonds, apples, and other types of, of fruits like that, which will come around the end of the winter time. Many of the other fruits will only come a bit later, and they will be relevant roughly from Kislev, roughly, roughly from Shvatadda until the end of the eighth year, because they're going to be sending out these fruits from the fridges right away through the winter next year. Israeli fruits from Shemitah year. So we're going to have to keep aware, be aware of fruits coming from Israel, not just in the summer, in the coming summer months, but right away through to the end of winter. What's also going to be relevant, and it's extremely important to be aware of this, is sometimes uh, the the fruit juices that we buy, particularly the juices that are diluted, the dilutable juices, which have oranges and, and other fruits inside them, can have fruits which were grown in Etisrael. So therefore we could end up with having a worry of Schmitter with re- what's relevant to fruit juices way beyond this year and way beyond next year and who knows until when. Very unclear. Dried fruits. So dates and fruits like that that are dried, which are Israeli. You could end up with a problem with Shemitah for a real long time because they're going to grow. They're going to be dried. And once they're dried, they can be exported for, for a while afterwards. So I can't give you a date from when that's going to end. But all these things will need a real, a proper heksha and people who really are aware of what's going on in Etisrael and, and, and in touch with which fruits are coming from Etisrael to Chutzlars and to here in England to have clarity of when we can uh, relax our, our caution with regards to Schmidt and when we can't. So let's just recap that because I think that's extremely important and then we'll, we'll stop and we'll come back in, in the coming year and we'll, we'll discuss many more, the, many more aspects of Hilfer Schmidt which are relevant to us. So again, vegetables are probably already relevant because vegetable you go after Likita, you go after its harvesting and when it's, when it's uh, been picked and vegetables are picked straight after Rosh Hashanah right away through the winter. They'll be, they'll be harvested and sent out to Chutzlars and therefore they may be a relevant there may be Kedusha Shemitah on, on vegetables already now. There will be some vegetables which come from Etisrael now, which are coming from the fridges, where they're stored for, for months, and they don't have Kedusha Shemitah, but it's very hard to know. And therefore, you need someone who understands which vegetables have been picked and sent out straight away, which ones are coming from the storage, to be able to tell us where we can be makel and where we can be machme, where we need to be stringent and where we can be lenient. When it comes to most fruits, most fruits will only start is somewhere in Shvat Adar, and they will take us right the way through the end of the year and beyond, well into the next year. How long into next year is hard for me to say. We have to be aware of avocados, which do come from Israel regularly into this country. Their date will be much earlier, because avocados is a winter. And if you want to be machmi for avocados, and you want to be machmi for Shitz Rambam, then avocados will come and have Kedusha Shvis a little bit earlier. When it comes to to legumes and grains, etc. I don't know exactly when that will be, but they've got to have grown a third in in, at, in the year of Schmitter. And again, you will find those on the list, exactly when beans and nuts, etc., when they when they actually have legumes and, and grains, I mean, when they actually have Kedusha Shvies, what months it becomes relevant. And that's really the first thing that we need to be aware and we need to look out for. Look at the list, try and understand the lists. A list from any based in, it could be from the Union, from the Kadashi, it could be from the London based in, it could be from the Federation. It makes no difference, but uh, hopefully the, 
we'll all be saying the same thing and try and understand and, and be aware of which months, which fruits are, are become relevant and then avoid, if you can, buying Israeli fruits at those times. We will discuss in the coming show what to do if you did buy Israeli fruits inadvertently. What do we do about flowers? Uh, I'm afraid when you go to the flower shops, none of the flower shops are going to have a sign there saying these are not Israeli flowers. Which flowers are Israeli? Which flowers are not Israeli? Are there halachas to uh, Israeli flowers? We'll have to discuss that with And many of the other halachas which are relevant to fruits, how to treat fruits, when do become, fruits become forbidden to eat? There's a time when Israeli fruits will become forbidden to eat. Not only will they have to do shashris, but it will become forbidden to us to actually eat them. Even though the Torah says you're allowed to eat fruits, but that's only until Zaman Bil, as we'll see in the later shurim. Once we reach the time when they have to be removed from the field, if they're not removed from the field, then they are become forbidden to be eaten. And therefore, it may be relevant to us at certain stages of the year to know which fruits are now considered after Zaman Bil, and therefore forbidden to be eaten, not just try to be avoided, but actually must not be eaten. And what to do if one inadvertently bought payers after Zimbabwe. So there's a lot for us to cover in the coming Shurim at Hashem. I hope this is giving you a little bit of a background to how wonderful Shurim is and what wonderful opportunity it is for us to be able to to connect ourselves to Shurim, to Shabbos Shabbosim, to Adoration Kaidem Achet, to Gan Eden. Yes, there will be some inconveniences, it's given us a background to when Shemitah becomes relevant and it already has become relevant as we saw in, in certain areas. And then Metzeshem will move on in the coming weeks to more detail, to give us more detail in, in the relevance of, Sh- of Shemitah in, here in London and uh, in Chuslaris. And of course, we'll be going to Etzeshem as well. So some of us will, who will travel to Etzeshem during Shemitah will have to be aware of the, the halachas of Shemitah, what is relevant to a visitor in Israel, will try and cover that somewhere along the line as well. I wish you all a very good night and good health. Everybody should be well.